On this episode, I'm speaking with Shawnique Stewart. She owns her own six-figure cleaning company, and she's breaking down exactly how you can start your own cleaning business with very little income and no prior experience. I really wanted to have her on the show because I want to showcase more business models that are practical and realistic and that don't feel like a get-rich-quick scheme, but that also don't really require any luck or a specific skill set. This is a business that practically anyone can start, and pretty much all of it can be outsourced. You can hire cleaners to do the cleanings for you, and all of the administration work can eventually be outsourced to a virtual assistant. So technically, you would be able to start your own virtual cleaning business with very little overhead. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Without further ado, let's get into it. What made you start your cleaning business? How did you even get into this? So whenever I hear this question, there's like two parts I think. I think, okay, so why did you start a business? And then why specifically cleaning? And to get into kind of both and kind of mesh into the end final answer, is I I am an energetic person. I hate routine. So just working for someone was just dreadful for me. And I was always a person really personable. So I love my team. I'm, I was in retail management for about 10 years and luxury retail management at that, making really good money uh, at that time, you know, 60K plus commission. But I'm a person that I love to just get to know my team. And when you're in retail, that's a no-go, especially in um, luxury retail, you can't have a personal relationship with your team. Like you have to be strict corporate. It's just not happening. So I always had conflicts with that. And, and in addition to not just not being able to be my real authentic self in the workspace, I just felt stuck in a, in a box. In addition to that, just not being able to book off when I want and have fun and just do what I want to do was also just, I'm in a box. I'm a free spirit. I just can't do that. So I knew off the bat that working for someone is just not going to be my livelihood and I need to find a way to get out of that. So I started a business or I'm a personal development junkie and just really truly believing that it's possible to achieve these things when you put in the work and follow systems. I truly believe that and I wanted to be proof of that. I didn't want to just read on, on a piece of paper or on a book that is possible. I wanted to be a testament of it. So I started putting it into practice. And I said, okay, finally, I'm going to start something. I was selling mugs and t-shirts and all those stuff. However, the return on that was very little, probably like $4, $5, unless you have a huge massive following to sell those things on a big, uh, on a mass was, you know, unacceptable for, um, attainable for me, I should say. So then I remember talking to a spiritual leader and he's like, yeah, people like services. People want services. And I thought to myself, what service can I provide? I'm not a plumber. I'm not an electrician. Like, what can I do to put myself out there to provide a service? I'm not a hairstylist. I don't do lashes and all amazing um, businesses. So I thought to myself, I actually went back to memory lane. And when I was in about grade five, my parents used to clean offices. And I would be so excited to go with them at late night because I don't have to go to bed. I don't have to sleep so I could stay up with them and clean offices. And that's when I thought, I used to do with my mom, maybe I could ask her, how did she get into it? And I started to write that, I'm like, I made a decision. Okay, I'm gonna clean offices, I'm gonna clean houses, whatever it takes, I'm going to start my business in cleaning. So that's how I got from, I wanna start a business, I don't wanna work for somebody, I wanna be my own boss to, okay, it's gonna be a cleaning business after multiple other failed businesses to, we're gonna do this. So that's that's how I'm, I'm here now. Okay, that makes total sense. That yeah. makes total sense. And I love that you brought up, that point of you trying out so many different things, because I think 
that's the part most of us leave out in our stories. And even with yeah. myself, um, I, I forget to talk about that at times that I went through a bunch of trial and error. I, I tried so many different businesses before getting to the ones that were successful. And I think a lot of people that are listening, I'm sure that a lot of you have tried different businesses and you might be doing one right now that may not be working the best for you, but that's not really a time to get discouraged. Like that's just a time mm -hmm. to pivot and realize like, okay, this just may not be the one. So thank you for even saying that. Cause like, hopefully that encourages somebody. Yeah, 100%. I believe that the failures or just even learning how to talk to customers, how to ship out products, how to deal with marketing, all of that was able to be transferred into my cleaning business. I didn't know nothing other than the fact that it's possible because of my parents, they somehow got to offices. But what I learned from my other businesses is like, okay, all I really have to do is market, share, tell people and let them know that this is where you want to be. It's come to my cleaning business and you know, somehow build up a, a, a business that's scalable. And that's all I knew. And I learned that from my past businesses. So for anyone who's listening, if you are in a, your business now, or, you know, you said I had tried something years ago, just know it's not in vain. You've learned so much skills that you do not be discouraged or, or disvalue dis what you've gone through, because it could be definitely the stepping stone to your success next and going forward 100%. Absolutely. I completely agree. Cuz yeah, every every job I've had, every failed business, I definitely utilize everything I've learned from all that now. So yeah, I completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. As they say, don't despise small beginnings. So yeah. It's, it's so spot on. Okay, so then okay, so you start your cleaning business like you said, and it starts working for you and that's how you got to this point. So how long have you been doing your cleaning business so far? So I love how you said it starts working for you. It does. It didn't start working for me. I seen traction, but three years into my business, I became really resentful of my cleaning business. I actually despised going to my clients. I despised, I felt overwhelmed and a sense of anxiety. And that was because any person who's, starting a business, you want to shift your mindset to the side hustle or just, you know, get anyone and I'll, and I'll chase the money. And I was doing that. I was just chasing the money. I was taking any clients. And because of that, I attracted nightmare clients. I attracted clients that didn't respect me. I, I client, attracted clients that saw me as their housekeeper. And I either had to make a pivot in my mindset and my marketing and I say that I'm a, I was in business for five years, but I would really truly believe that I I've been in business for two years because it was the third year mark that I had to decide. Shanique, you started a cleaning business for so many reasons. It was not to now be controlled by your clients. It's to service them and see, make them know that this is of value to them. So I have to let them know that I am a professional. And I always tell people, especially um, you know, my students that I helped is, no one's entitled to support you. No one's entitled to give you respect. What, how you present your business and market yourself is going to be a reflection of how people perceive you. So I had to make the understanding and I made the mistake of not building myself so people to perceive me as a professional cleaning company. So I'll say, yes, I've been in business for five years, but truly 
moving in the atmosphere and environment that I want to, and I want to attract the right people now, I would say two years. And that's also two years full time when I said, okay, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to build a professional business. I'm going to build this to be scalable. And two years in, I haven't looked back. Definitely ups and downs, but I haven't had to work for anyone for the last two years. And that's a huge success for me past the money. Just really saying, I don't want to work for someone and being my own boss is one of my biggest accomplishments thus far. You're right. Like no matter if you end up having a lot of success or not, though, at least the first few months, I know from mm -hmm. experience, it's always something that you have to overcome or an adjustment period of trying to find your footing. And, and I think that that is so important for us to like, stop always just glorifying the person that makes the six figures and the million dollars and do it so fast and all of that. Mm -hmm. Because from my own experience in doing that, I've, I found that when you, when you move that quickly and you get to that point so quick, there's a lot of lessons in between there that you miss. or there's a lot of little things that you could have done to develop your business even better, you know, um, to make it more sustainable and all of these things. And there's so much that you learn about yourself as you're growing your business. So I personally can appreciate when someone's like, I, I made enough that like the same amount I would make at a job. Like that is, that's still significant. That is still something to, be like, oh my gosh, this is great. You know, like that's a great um, business or a side hustle to start because everything doesn't have to be like an astronomical goal of like hitting six and seven figures all the time. <laughs> so right. that's, yeah. So that was a big reason why I wanted to like have this conversation because I think a lot of the people listening, they are really at a place where it's not about trying to be a millionaire, billionaire, any of that. It's like, I really just want to do something that creates a sustainable living where I don't have to clock in at a job and all of those things. Like you said, like, you know, like a lot of us are the same. We don't like working for other people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. In addition to that, like I have students that simply just want more vacations with their family. Some people just want to clear off their debt. Some people just want to work less. You know, it's not necessarily they want to leave their job completely. It's just, I just want to be able to work less and make my own schedule. Um, what yeah. the breaking point for me was I had my grandmother who passed away and it was a struggle just to book off time to grieve and go to the funeral. And these things just all added up. And it's like, and I don't even work at that place anymore. And I was yeah. kind of penalized for going up from going to grieve. And I was, it was just too much. And those, those things, I haven't had the control of being able to go where you want to go and do what you want to do. In addition to having a cleaning business. Is also giving an opportunity for income. You know, I've had a lot of people come to me asking for jobs and I can do that. I can give them extra cash. So there's so much more than paying that 10K, uh, 100K months or million dollars. Like you provide so much, not only for your clients, for yourself and for your employees, should you build up a credible and respective cleaning business. Yeah, I and I love that point because that just sparked a thought like, we have to start acknowledging the growth in other areas of our lives outside of our monetary growth in life. Cause like we emphasize that so much, especially in America, I'll say that we emphasize that a lot of like, how much money are we making? Can we make more? Can we get better jobs? Can we get this? And it's like, there's so many other areas to develop. And even in your business, it's like your business can help you develop in so many areas as well if you allow it to or if you can recognize that. And so that's beautiful that your students are 
able to do that and and see their lives changing in that way. So that's dope. And I'm sure that's rewarding for you too, you know, as oh, 100%, 100%. And uh, one thing that I always, I, I'm so transparent about and I, I say it and as well as just like me transparent of, you know, exchange the, the transaction of coaching, obviously there's an investment attached to it, but I say like me investing myself, I'm happy. I'm happy to help, but just know the time that I take away my actual growth of my cleaning business, I'm providing that support to you. I'm excited to do that. I'm happy to do that. And I always, I let them know, like, I'm juggling two things. So like, have that respect. So I totally, I, I'm, I'm excited to do it, continue to do it because of not only that helping the monetary, but that lifestyle, that mindset, like I'm such a personal development junkie. I push it all the time to anyone who speaks to me, read, read, and always read. Yes, I completely agree. Okay, so getting into the nitty gritty now, like, you know, about this business. So if someone is interested in starting a cleaning business, like what are some things that or like, what are what are some qualifications for them to know, like, okay, this is a good business for me personally to start? Like, what kind of person is this best for? Yeah, so the beauty of starting a cleaning business, at least, you know, where I am, and I know the same in America, I'm in Canada is that you don't necessarily need credentials, you don't need a certificate, you don't need a license to be a cleaning business owner. Essentially, you would want and need a registered business. And I always, when it comes to my students, I get the question all the time, do you need an LLC? You want to talk to your city where you are to confirm if that's necessary here in Canada. All we need is a registered sole proprietorship and you can start cleaning. They definitely want their insurance just to protect you and your business. And should anything happen at the workplace that you're covered. So that's essentially all you need, registered business and an insurance. And I am really transparent with me. I didn't, at the time I left my, I left my retail job to do ECE. I was in college and I was doing part-time with ECE, early child education. And I didn't have tons of money to start, nor that I had tons of time to start. And I tell my students, I literally went to Dollarama, our dollar store here in Canada, any dollar stores will do. And I went to Walmart, any department will do. And I picked up the essentials, all purpose, a mop, a broom. You don't necessarily need a vacuum right away, but about $200 or less worth of cleaning products. And I was starting to market myself. I told my friends, my family, everyone, their auntie, the dogs, the cats, that I had a cleaning business. <laughs> and within 30 days, I was getting clients. Mind you, with a high-value clients right away, no, but you grow. And it, what you need to be obviously doing is managing your money, your time, so that you can reinvest in your business. And that's what I did. The moment I had enough money to buy a better vacuum, I did. When I started getting to commercial post-construction, I got a more industrial vacuum. I got a more industrial mop. When I started to talk and when I started to talk and network with office cleaning managers, I started to buy a room for the office. Like I just moved step by step, getting as much information as I could via YouTube University, and then eventually invested into a coach. Like you can start today, register your business, business insurance, literally within 24 hours, and start marketing your business today. 
and using cleaning products from like your home, whether you maybe you don't go to the dollar store, whatever you have in your home and get like a few neighbors and start reinvesting in your business. Should you have more money to to start up? Then that's amazing because then you could probably go into paid advertisement, which the first three years of my business, I didn't touch paid advertising. It was all word of mouth. It was all Facebook and Instagram. Again, I used the resources that I have and was realistic with myself. I didn't have tons of startup, but I had the grit. I had the motivations and I had my mouth. And I was telling everybody about my business. <laughs> no, yeah, I think, I think people really overlook word of mouth these days. Like they're so everyone's first thought now when they start a business is, okay, let me start an Instagram. But it's like, no, sometimes, but not sometimes, all the time, word of mouth carries so much weight, even with having good social media presence. That's why people work with influencers and everything else, because people want to know, did it work for somebody else? Does somebody else like them? Like, you know what I mean? So 100%. word of yeah, word of mouth will carry you pretty far. Um, and so, okay, so you started your cleaning business. You and I love that you said that you went to the Dollar Tree or and you went to Walmart and you got some cleaning supplies, you got some products, and used that. And I think a lot of people think that with you know businesses like that, you have to go some fancy place and get fancy cleaning products and industrial stuff. And it's like, no, you can just go to the store and get the same products. <laughs> 100% and it's and it's like I understand why people might think that because it's out of ignorance I was just coming from a place of obviously my failed businesses just using the resources that I had and I said okay if I was able to sell a few mugs and t-shirts then I'm probably able to get a few cards with what I have so I just sucked it up and I'm like shake this is all I have I'm going to figure it out and go ahead and do it. And I was a person I was so insecure. I'm like, oh, they're gonna see the dollar store sticker and they're gonna notice this from Walmart. But they didn't care. They didn't care. They just wanted to make sure their home was clean, you're friendly, you're, you're understanding, you're private sometimes. They just don't want to know or they're going through certain things in their life that they just need a cleaner right now. And that's it. They don't care where you got your products. They wanna make sure that it's clean. Make sure my home is clean or my coffee is clean. <laughs> Right. Nine times out of 10, I'm never thinking of that when I'm hiring somebody to come in. I'm like, I just don't want to do this myself. That's literally it. <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. And it's funny because like you're thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to judge me. Your client are thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to judge me. I've had clients always say, I'm so sorry for the mess. And like, but if you didn't have a messy home, I wouldn't have a business. So don't apologize. <laughs> I think that that's really good though, because it lets people know, like, you don't have to have a lot of money to start this business. So how much do you, would you say like you would typically spend when starting a cleaning company? Yeah. So you can find cleaning products. Again, if you already have a vacuum that you're okay with kind of sanitizing, cleaning and bringing to your, your client's home, then you can start anywhere from a hundred dollars to $200 with home cleaning. When it comes to commercial, you possibly can go get away with the same. You want to make sure that your client already has a vacuum and or mop, which majority of the time offices do because they're offices. They need their place to be clean. But anywhere from 200 to $300 of products, solutions, and then literally your startup registration here with like $60 for sole proprietorship and insurance could be anywhere from $50 to $100 a month. And you are starting a cleaning business all under $600. If you do want to get the logos, do not 
stall getting a local t-shirt. Like, do not do that. I literally just wore a white t-shirt and black pants. I didn't have the logos yet. I didn't, I wasn't wearing my green polo shirt that you see me on. I didn't have that. I had a white t-shirt and um, a business card. You could go on vistaprints.com and get it for anywhere from 10 to $12 or a hundred and go start a business under $600. Yeah. I love that you said that though about the um, branding because I think a lot of people when they're when they're thinking about starting a cleaning company that's like the last thing they think of and mm. I think it's because when or I'll just say from my own experience especially with home cleaners a lot of times they're not building a brand they're just like okay I just want to clean and you know get out or whatever and I love that because that th that shows that you're thinking long term and you're thinking about how much how big this could grow if I want it to, you know. One hundred percent. Again, learn from reading books and my personal failures. It's just I always tell my students: yes, you can get clients. Someone could call you and say, "Could you come and clean?" You're going to get all this clients. I've I've read over you know, other cleaners that may be making six figures alone. But when I think back of what they're saying or how they present themselves, this person doesn't have a brand. And should anything happen to them or any bad review, it will be crumbled because they're not thinking long-term, they're not thinking for the long, the long haul of their business. And I would tell my, my students that there are times where I don't mind putting out right now, putting out my logo, just putting out signs. I cannot guarantee an ROI on long signs. I can't guarantee a ROI on my business cards or even my car magnet. But what I know for sure is that it becomes visible and noticeable to the neighbors of the regular clients that I have. Like I know I'm building some kind of awareness. Should someone see lime green, I want them to think of me. Right. I want my name, my business to be thought of should the next door neighbor work for a law firm and they think, OK, they need a new cleaner. And they remember the, that green sign that was right outside their door. And their neighbors was doing a clean the other day. Maybe I could check out John and see if he uh, could refer that cleaner. That's what I want for my business. And that's what I want for everyone else. And I think that in my first three years, I wasn't thinking that it was I just need clients and I just, just need to work. I just need to get that $6,000, uh, 6K in this year and not thinking long-term, should I want this business for 10, 20 years? I need people to think of me and remember me for the next 10, 20 years. So there's a, a idea of a mindset of longevity that needs to be uh, met. And I think that's even just the mindset of wealth, right? It's not, it's not just getting rich today. It's how wealthy my generation, how wealthy am I? How wealthy is my business getting over the long haul? That is just the, the overall idea of wealth as I think about it. Oh, such good points. I love that. Mm -hmm. And yes, the car magnet thing, that is so uh, important. And I know that I do that all the time. Like even recently I saw um, a, it was like a, a travel groomer, I think like for dogs. And so I saw the little truck and I was like, oh, let me take a picture of this so that I can use them for my dog. And then I went and looked them up and all this stuff. So that stuff works. It really does work. Mm -hmm. And that's just such a good idea, especially when you're doing local services. I love that idea. 
Yeah. Okay. So once you have started your business and you got all your supplies, you've done your insurance and all that stuff, of course, the next step is to get clients. So like you said, you were doing word of mouth and all of that stuff initially. What were some other things that you did that really helped you gain more clientele? Yeah. So something that I also I teach and really adamant about, because like you said, a lot of people are so quick to get into ads and Googles and all that stuff because Facebook ads and Google, they are a business. So they're going to market that their venture is the best venture and you're going to be sucked in and you're going to do it. However, the idea and the central baseline of doing any sort of ad is to have that brand awareness and to get your business in front of people. So what I did, I didn't have the investment for ads at the time. I just thought to myself, if I don't have the money, I have to invest the time. So what I did is I opened up a Instagram, I opened up Facebook, and just as often as Google or Facebook would try to pop up my information, that's how often I was posting on Instagram and posting on Facebook, Facebook groups, Facebook, my page, as much as possible just as much as or similar to or as as much as I possibly can as Google ads would I'm going on my Instagram I'm going on my social media I'm making it an online presence for myself maybe two three four times a day I don't care how much likes I get I don't care how many comments I get my main goal is for you to recognize my business I started to reach out to people you know when I've seen conversations about cleaning or just being frustrated, I offered my services in any way possible. I followed and connect with potential clients on Instagram, Facebook. Like I was doing whatever I can to get in front of potential clients. And I got tons of clients on Instagram and Facebook. And from there, word of mouth grow and history from there. I would also add, I used third-party platforms as well which they'll take a cut for using their platform. That's how I got a few of my clients. And I always tell my clients, my clients, my students now that would I suggest it? Not 100%. You can leverage the platform, but some, some of those platforms kind of attract not high quality clients that could, will build up your business in the long haul. And I don't discriminate on who needs a service. What I've learned, again, the reason why I resented my business over the three years is that there's a lot of people that just wanted to kind of use you. I'm made. And if I wanted to longevity, what I wish for my students or anyone who wants the cleaning business who's listening is I want this to be a longevity for you. I want you to be a well-known name. I want you to be a professional company that people respect. And when they talk about you, they're speaking highly of you. And when I was on these third-party platforms, I wasn't attracting those people that spoke highly of. However, it was a great way to market. It was a great way to have before and after photos in the, those ways. But that's essentially how I got my first uh, few clients and um, moving forward. And then my business, Google, is a huge thing as well. Because at the time, it's completely free to join. When people Google cleaning business near me, then you have an opportunity to be found. And that's how I got the majority of my commercial clients that way as well. No, that makes a lot of sense. And also just to be um, transparent, I just had to unplug my mic uh, because it was, 
it's interfering with my battery on my computer right now. And so I'm trying to make sure that we can continue the interview. <laughs> so this don't no quality change. Just, I, I'm so sorry, you guys. But um, okay, but back to what you were saying. I'm so happy that you touched on the uh, websites, like as far as listing yourself on the different like task rabbits and all that stuff, because I have seen certain people pushing that a lot on social media, like the ones that are teaching on cleaning businesses and stuff. And I myself was wondering that. I was like, do you actually attract quality clientele that will want to use you consistently or that'll be like the kind of clientele you're looking for if you're using those websites? So thank you for addressing that because I was a little skeptical about that. Uh Yeah. I mean, (laughs) everyone has different experience, but again, I have students who've used these platforms and they will testify the same thing. To leverage the job the just to leverage it you never know that they may be able to do a word of mouth what I'm afraid of is because I got you at a good price that their word of mouth is oh they're also really cheap and you don't want that to be the word that they're spreading so that's why either I always say you're either going to use this platform and be very stern that this is just a special offer this is a one-time offer so they kind of know that should you ever talk about me, they're not getting the same price kind of thing, but it's, you have to work around it, but you possibly will not be getting the most reoccurring or long-term clients that will help the projection of your business for where you may want to go. Okay. That makes total sense. That makes complete sense. And I think, um, I think that just shows that you have to be a little careful about who you're listening to online. (laughs) Telling these things because like she said it's like really thinking about the long term like what do you really want long term and it may sound like quick money or whatever but that is probably just not the best option when it comes down to it so thank you for being honest because you know not everyone is honest online (laughs) okay if you are watching the video version of this clearly time has passed i have a whole different outfit on (laughs) it is later in the day because we were having some technical difficulties several times while trying to record this interview um so we are now finishing it later in the day but we're gonna pick up right where we left off okay so we were talking about getting clientele and i was talking to you about you know the different things that or the different ways you can get it like signing up for those websites and stuff like that I uh, like TaskRabbit and um, Angie. There's like a few of them that people sign up for. And so um, I know that uh, a lot of people, when they first start off, they start off by getting those, uh, you know, like the the personal clients where it's like you're cleaning houses and stuff like that. But if you want to get into commercial uh, cleanings, how do you get into commercial cleanings? Yeah, so it uh, really depends on your startup and where you're starting from. So should you want to go straight into commercial, it's just all about marketing to that niche and going full throttle, making sure that you're seen by them. If you want to do the free route, it's all about making sure that your presence online is powerful. In addition to that, I will say probably more important because when it comes to commercial, they're more face-to-face. They, you need to stop them in their track because you think about it, they're business owners, they're busy. You reaching them on Instagram is not going to get their attention as much as getting in front of them, you know, kind of selling yourself in front of them, whether you actually meet them in person or you have multiple online cold callings or reaching out to them. When it comes to reaching out to business owners, if you think 
um, reaching out to the CEO of Nike. He's he's extremely busy and he has so much other things in his in his everyday operations that's pulling him apart. So you have to stand as a cleaning business owner to really share and sell why they should choose you. Why should they stop in the tracks for you to come into their to their property to do a walkthrough? So it really takes um, development development of yourself and learning how to market and learning how to sell because you have to be confident going in and reaching out and talking to these people. And essentially when it comes to commercial, because it's also a really busy pace, it's not as a fast turnaround as say a homeowner that probably would need a clean tomorrow. When it comes to commercial, it may take a week, two weeks, even three weeks, maybe even a couple months because they have to a lot of time for uh, having a walkthrough, a lot of time to make sure they could connect to different departments, whether it be the financial department, or just even a lot of time to make sure that their staff is available or not available or getting you access to the property. So you do have to be patient when it comes to going to commercial. And that's why I say it depends on how you're starting. So if you have a full-time job, you have more time to kind of be leading it because you have a full-time income coming in and then reaching out to reaching out to um, commercials is not bad, you know, tedious to have to get that income right away. Where someone like me, I was really, again, part-time in my job, full-time school, ready to drop out of school. I needed something right right away. So that's why I started with Home Cleaning to get those clients in the door fast. And then reaching out to commercials kind of trickled in ever so often. My business, Google, when they searched you on Google, they found you. That's how essentially I got my commercial cleaning. But for those who just don't have the time or don't even want to do the cleaning, you do want to keep that in mind on the process when it comes to attaining commercial clients. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And mm -hmm. I, I love that you broke it down that way because I think most people they're, you know, when they hear about how much money you can make in cleaning businesses, they of course jump to commercial because they're like, Oh my gosh, you can make a lot of money with that. But like you said, it takes time. So if you need money quickly, that is not the route to just jump to immediately because you're going to be disappointed. So, <laughs> but I think long term that is a really good option to start taking on those commercial clients. So um, that breakdown was perfect. Now, if you are um, like getting into commercial cleanings or even where you're doing uh, personal cleanings, what are the different kinds of cleanings that you can offer? Because I think a lot of times people just think like you're doing a full on clean of a space, but like sometimes there's different types of cleanings you can do, right? Yeah, what makes a private cleaner or a solo cleaner different from a professional company is their packaging. So you do wanna be very strategic and clear about what you offer at a given um, appointment. And a lot of private cleaners or solo cleaners really fizzle off or get frustrated about their business, including me, my first three years, is because you didn't set a boundary or a package letting your client know exactly what they're going to receive in this appoint appointment. And typically, the most common packages are your basic clean, routine clean, maintenance clean. That would usually happen every two weeks, one week, maybe every once a month. And then you have your deep clean, which I always suggest my clients to start with the deep clean, get their home, you know, reset, or you can do it every season, you know, winter and fall, you know, or even before, after a big event. That's what you would typically go to. But if you do not have a 
checklist that a client understands what they're going and getting, then you're going to go into a home and start cleaning. And then you're going to have a client say, oh, could you also do this? Could you also do this? Could you also do this? And that's not what you want. You want to establish yourself as a professional cleaning service. You are not going to get any other, you know, not, you're not going to get a plumber going to your home and say, could you also check this? And could you go to the third floor? No. The plumber's going to say, I'm here for this sink. This is why you have um, booked this appointment. They come and they check that. Or else there's going to be additional clean. And I think that when it comes to those who are starting cleaning business, they think that they're at the leisure of their client where if you put this boundary, you put these agreements, you're going to make your life easier. You're going to clean faster. If you get more clients or whether or not you're cleaning, then your team could get more clients in a day. But if you're just having them go in there all willy-nilly, they're going to be pulled left, right, and center. And you really need to create that boundary because the moment a client thinks that they can do that, they're going to always do that. And a price actually sets them in kind of their place. You know, when you really say, okay, well, if you do want to add this on, it's going to be additional X, Y, and Z. And they can have that, that understanding that, okay, I can't just have you do anything or everything. There's going to be a price to it because it is your time and you do want to be charging for that. Yeah, completely. I completely agree. Now, when you are getting these clients, is it is there a way to get repeat customers consistently? Because I know that once you, you know, if you're going into commercial, like normally there's a contract in place, but if you're just going from, you know, different houses, sometimes it's like, how do you even initiate that conversation of like coming back consistently? Like, do you have like a method that you use to get you those repeat customers? That's a very good question. I think that you do want to read the room. Most clients will either be on the initial call and they'll let you know, hey, I just want to deep clean and then possibly a bi-weekly or monthly. Those are the clients you do want to bring it up before you leave and mention, hey, I noticed that on the call or remember on the call or my team let me know that you possibly looking for a routine clean. How did our service meet your expectations? Could we book for your next clean? I can set that up right, right now. And I actually learned this from a friend who's in a he's an alarm service and they actually on that call they try to book another servicing as much as possible before they leave the home so that's essentially what you want to do before you leave the home you want to confirm that they're happy with the service and should you book for the next clean and the worst thing they can say is no or think about it or get back to you the majority of the time i just get them at least get them booked if they did change their mind they can reschedule or they can call you. But at least I know that is typically my client right now and we're going to move on, move forward. I actually heard someone say, and I thought this was a really good idea, they're not your client until your third appointment. I think that is very true because someone could still be shopping around before making a decision with you. So you want to really show up for the consistency of having them as your client for those three appointments, you really want to make sure you're always following up and asking them these questions. How was their service? Did you, was there anything that we missed? I want to make sure that you're happy and be very vocal about that and let them know that you are very aware about their needs. In addition to that, like it's, if you're working with, this is especially with homes, residential, th these are people, get to know their lives. I love to, I am a pet person, so I love like their pet is my pet. And I love to ask about, you know, their children, are they home? If, are they going to be home or in school? So the next time you come to the appointment, there's something to talk about or bring about. And that creates a sense of comfortability with them. You 
someone's letting you, not only paying you hundreds of dollars to come into their home, they want to feel comfortable that you are in there and that you're making sure you're taking care of their home just as they would want to be taken care of their home. So you want to have that, that to read that, to read the room, have a credibility, build that repertoire, build that relationship really fast and within those three appointments. And then from there, you're, that's probably your client from now on. I love that. I love that. That is such a good strategy. Now you did mention like having team members. So if you're somebody that's like, I want to start a cleaning business, but when I'm not good at cleaning, or maybe you just don't have the extra time or you just don't want to do be the person cleaning. Is it possible? Like when you first start to bring on people that can do the cleanings for you, or is that something that you feel like that should be, that should come a bit later after you kind of learn the business a bit more? Now, one of my biggest mistakes was taking time and finding help. My biggest fear was, would they staff steal? Would they just make you look bad? I want to make sure I'm building a brand before, you know, get bad reviews. But honestly, whether it's you or someone else, things will happen. Clients are not going to always be happy. But what is for sure is that you will not be able to grow and scale this business without help. There's no way that you can do this by yourself. I do know solo cleaners that make six figure in, in a year. However, when it comes to your personal vision for your life, for me, I'd rather take a pay cut at initially, build on a team and see that spread so I can see the longevity. Like I said, I'm always looking fast uh, forward. I don't need the X amount of large lump sum right now. I want to make sure that's built. So what you want to do is start looking for a team. And whether it's employees or contractor, that's a whole different debate on which one you want to go to. But you want to look, find someone that can either help you if you want to do the cleaning to relieve the stress. But when it comes to someone who doesn't want to do the cleaning at, at all, I highly suggest to look and subcontract at another cleaning company to get the percentage of the overall clean. And the reason why I say to look specifically for a subcontractor for two reasons. One, they will have their insurance. They will have their business registered. They'll have everything covered. You don't have to essentially buy their product. And then two, these are also other cleaning businesses. If they look bad, you look bad. If you look bad, they look bad. So then you're going to want to find a cleaning business that cherishes their brand and is okay to be a subcontract because they're going to be responsible going to someone's home. Um, as you grow, whether you want to change and shift to employees, because, you know, when you work with both employees or contractors, there's pro and cons. I know a lot of people start with contractors for what I just said. And then move to employees just because it has that, you have the ability to have more quote unquote control, you know, to build them up as an employee versus a contractor. But yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely doable. When they're contractors, um, are you able to ask them to wear like your branded shirts and stuff? Or is that kind of like. No, you can, but they don't have to. Uh, I like to think about it here in Canada, there is like there's subcontractors, but there's subcontractors for like Bell and they do have to wear the t-shirt. I believe essentially Bell, like that company so well established and it's a great pay that in their contract that they can, you know, ask for it. So whether or not you are paying them well or they really want it, then you they can. But again, when you're starting out, would you have the income to invest or buy X amount of branches to give to a company that possibly will not be with you for the next, you know, few months. So having them That's either probably wear something, having them something where neutral, like, hey, okay, you're just going to wear all black, then cool. 
I've been a subcontractor. They've never asked me to wear their branded tee. I've worn my branded tee. It's just the non-compete. You're just respectful. Obviously, they will see a different name on your shirt, but um, you just be respectful. I'm actually subcontracting for another company. I can't kind of work with you directly. You just say that. But you can't technically, but if you do have a contract and if they sign it, then by all means, take away your tee. Oh, that's such a good tip. Yeah, I think um a lot of people like of course when you first start out like you want to be able to hire employees and stuff like that but i think doing the subcontract subcontractor route is the best route and i've done that myself with different things that i've like when i first started getting employees that was always what i did i was like well we're gonna do contractors because having employees Mm -hmm. is a big responsibility Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think i think that's an awesome option for anyone starting out and that's a great business model. Like, and when I, when I look at that, I think of it similar to like DoorDash or Uber. It's like, yeah. I'm bringing you customers and you're just providing the service. Um, and like you said, in the contract, you can work all those details out of like what you're going to wear and all that. But I love that. And the non-compete, that's so important because people will be slick, be very slick. Yeah. I actually heard somebody, I heard somebody say that what they do initially is they will actually hire the subcontractor to do a test run, but the person won't know it's a test run, but they'll send them to a family member's house or a friend and have them clean. And then the family member will tell them how that went. And if they, you know, followed the protocol. So that's just an idea for anyone that's a little nervous and like, Oh my gosh, will they follow the rules? Uh, <laughs> I don't, I agree with that. Okay. That's a good, good idea. Good. Good. Okay. But yeah, I think that's really like, that's a really good rundown of, you know, how to get started in this business and how to get things going. Um, Is there anything else that people need to be thinking about when trying to start this business? Or do you feel like those are the, like the beginning um, things that they need to get situated first? Definitely. Those are the practical steps. Outside of that is just understanding that you're building a business you want to actually just post it on Instagram recently is that your business is only going to grow as much as you grow the money will attract you but in order for you to attain that money you need to be able to manage staff and have staff be happy with you and have to clients like you do you do have to do a lot of internal work and growing and developing for yourself to see that reflect in your business and like we mentioned you can get a lot of money lump sum you know, within your first month. But if you have no idea how to manage money, if you are a person that just doesn't have the right intentions in your heart, you will blow that so fast or you will you you won't have a team that wants to work with you long time and you'll lose that. So outside of the practical, you really want to make sure your personal is has a huge growth and, and surround yourself with people that are serious. And I think that not think I know that someone might be listening to this and the first thing they're thinking is, but what if my what my parents say? Like cleaning business and what my friends what will my friends say like what I have the, the support and just like any other business when you're stepping out out of what's the norm no one's just no one's gonna understand and like I mentioned too no one's obligated to support you but you have to think about your vision like for me I don't want to work for anyone else I want to have control of my my schedule if you have to understand why you're doing this and just go full force and uh, hence why I started my community paid and free so that you understand that there are other cleaning bosses, like we're bosses with inside and out that are happy to do what they're doing and will be happy to support you. So that's essentially it. 
No, yeah, absolutely. And that was like I like I've been saying, that was why I wanted you on here because some of the best businesses are not the sexiest or the coolest <laughs> and you know what I mean, but it's it's reliable and people are always going to need it and and these are the kind of businesses that you can pass on or that will sustain no matter what's going on and you don't ha you're not following a trend. Like everyone's always going to need cleaning at some point, <laughs> you know what right? I mean? Yeah, so I I think that that it makes a lot of sense and thank you so much for sharing all of these strategies and tips. Um, so if someone wants to work with you and they're like, okay, I'm interested in this. This sounds like something I could definitely do. Cause I think it's doable for anyone that, you know, yeah. understands the basics of business and understands services and stuff like that. How can they get in contact with you? How can they work with you? Do you have programs? Yeah, I actually have a signature course. It's called the cleaning box instead of the report. And you can literally find me on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at Clinic at Shadiq Stewart. I was gonna say my cleaning business <laughs> at Shadiq Stewart, or you can search Cleaning Boss. You can find me as well. And I always invite those who are thinking about it, or even just wanting to grow and understand. For me, my story is transitioning from a solo private cleaner to an established cleaning business, and pricing is a huge thing. So I actually offer a free pricing cheat sheet just to help you kind of maneuver what your pricings will be. And if you just go to shaniquestewart.com, you can find that free cheat sheet and download it. I love it. Oh, that's so good. Girl, you're going to make me want to start a cleaning business. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> this was wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show, girl. And yeah, y'all definitely need to find her because she shares so much good information all the time on her TikTok and her YouTube and stuff. Like I said, I binge, I binge watched her content before we did this. So Definitely go check her out if you are interested in this and just go follow her to get, you know, inspiration because if you're trying to be a boss or you're trying to do something in your career, it always helps to see other people doing awesome in their career. So it motivates you and makes you feel like it's doable for you. So thank you, girl. I loved having you on today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for all those listening. I really appreciate it. I look forward to meeting all of you.